Welcome back, everyone, to what I think is uh, I think it's episode sixteen of the Walsh's Playbook. Um, today's going to be a really special episode. Uh, as some of you might know, I recently had the opportunity to interview uh, Brian Gorgian uh, on behalf of the Pick and Roll. Uh, Brian Gorgian, for those of you who don't know, is the current head coach of the Australian Boomers and the Illawarra Hawks in the NBL. Um, but he is also the guy who many can, many people consider to be the greatest and most successful coach in the history of basketball in Australia. Um, he has such an extensive resume. He won six NBL championships. He's a six-time NBL coach of the year. He was uh, a 19. He made 19 consecutive NBL playoffs appearances um, throughout for, uh, for various teams throughout his career. Uh, and obviously most recently, and uh, a, a, um, an accomplishment which he says he's most proud of, is the bronze medal winning campaign uh, that just took place for the Boomers in Tokyo, which he was the proud head coach of. So really exciting to get the opportunity to speak with him and to write that article for the Pick and Roll. Um, if you haven't read it yet, uh, you can check that out. Um, I've shared that on my Facebook. Uh, it's also available on on the Pick and Roll itself, on their various platforms, uh, their website, Facebook and Instagram. So feel free to check that out. But um, I'm also very excited to bring to you today the audio from our interview. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy uh, a conversation with uh, one of the greatest coaches in the history of the Australian game. Cool. All right, to start off with, um, congratulations on an incredible Boomers campaign. Um, you know, this this last Olympic campaign, you know, you really did captivate all of Australia. Um, you know, I had friends and family that aren't even necessarily, you know, big basketball fans, but just were completely gripped by the journey that you guys went on. Um, and I think for us basketball fans, it was really fitting that it was that it was you who was able to bring the Boomers to their first medal. So congratulations on that, firstly. No, thank you, thank you. And um, definitely, when I when I took the position on um, all that you're saying, I, I I just knew that this was a big time, and that there was you know on on the pot we're on the positive side of this now that we got the medal and. Hmm. Um, everybody was following and, and everybody was excited, but also, you know, in taking the job, I, I understood where it was at. And there mm. was also a real pressure yeah, um, course, yeah. knowing that what, what would happen if this didn't, you know, if this didn't happen. So, yeah. you know, just uh, really pleased that um, uh, it went so well and the guys played like they played and, and the culture of the team and that, you know, that, that everybody got a chance to see how special this group was. And, yeah. you know, um, the following, I guess, in answer to what you're saying was something that the whole team was aware of and was talked about. And we mm -hmm. knew that we had the country's attention and, uh, you know, really wanted to deliver. Yeah, for sure. I um I I think I said this in my message to you, but I actually I work as an assistant coach to Julian Kazoo, uh, who was who was a former player of yours, and we actually I was speaking to Julian um, prior to your game, the semifinals against the US, and he was saying, you know, Brian's the best coach that I've ever played for, so you know he's going to be able to get us through it. 
Um, so yeah, I just wanted to say that as well. You know, prior to that, I was talking to Julian and he he had great faith in your leadership and everything. And obviously you were able to come through with that bronze medal. So it's an awesome achievement. Um, no, appreciate it. Yeah. So whether it's constantly reminding the national team about, you know, Boomer's culture or, you know, the pride involved with playing for Australia or, you know, with Illawarra um, advocating for the club to rebrand themselves due to the deep-rooted history, you've proven yourself as a coach that's not only masterful when it comes to the X's and O's, but as a really great motivator and inspirer. Um, were there any coaches or mentors earlier in your career, whether it was playing or early coaching career, that really, you know, inspired you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I was really fortunate my my whole way through. Um, and I'm not just saying, I just, I feel like that the coaches that I played for mm-hmm. were um, high quality and um, people that I admired and learned from, starting from my high school coach. Um, uh, we, we ran a, he ran a, a tremendous program and uh, development, culture, uh, character, you know, just a mindset of if you're a part of this team, uh, I've never, he's never, our local high school, he's never produced an NBA player. Mm. It's like, you know, this is going to set you up for your life. You know, mm. these things are all not only basketball orientated, it's going to make you a better person mm. and make you successful in society if mm. you take what you're doing here and, and apply it. And, you know, moving on to my, my college coach um, was influential as well. But the, when you go to, you know, um, arriving in Australia, Lindsay Gaze had a, had a huge effect on me. Just um, the fact of his love of the game and, and, you know, where I came from, no ego, just love basketball. You know, and I, I give the my first day there, he's coaching the under 18s then the under 20s, you know, then mops the floor and coaches, you know, our team. He's also the national coach. Yeah. Wow. So no ego, just love basketball a hard worker. And I found him an offensive, like, like a genius with, with um, strategies offensively and uh, you know, the shuffle back in those days, but it was more than that, you know, reading the defensive player, the movement of the ball, cutting all really good things that, you know, um, I carried over into my coaching um, and also, you know, like I, I keep saying personality wise, ego wise, that he was, he cared about his players, cared about the team and had no ego. And that was a lot different than where I came from in, uh, in, uh, the American system. And then, uh, you know, I've, I've got guys like Mike Dunlap that, uh, um, you know, I got this mess. I got uh, Mike Dunlap you know, was, was uh, real influential for, for me. You know, he, he coached in Adelaide for a while, but he was a college coach that I, when I was learning the craft of actually coaching, going from playing to coaching, I would, was, was advised to go see him. Right. And he became like a mentor to me um, all the way through. Um, so, you know, Lindsay, Mike, um, were in my, you know, in my high school coach were, were the three big ones. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. And then, and you move into obviously from playing into coaching um, and, and have an incredible first tenure in, in the NBL. Um, it was an interesting, an interesting situation where, you know, you would experience enormous success, even amidst having to kind of rebuild your teams year after year. Like there was a lot of rebuild involved, you know, an example is the Kings back in the Sydney Kings kind of 
five finals appearances in six years, but with different rosters at times. Um, as a head coach, how do you maintain a winning culture even when there, you know, there isn't a consistent kind of core group at times and, and rosters are changing, but maintaining a consistent culture of winning? Well, I, you know, I, I think um, the, the number, a huge aspect of it is, um, you know, you're not, you realize as a coach, you're not for everybody. You know, like when I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the NBL or you come into the NBL, um, there, there's a lot of very, very good players or great players and um, they don't want to play for me. Um, I, I don't suit them mm. um, where um, you want, you, you develop. Uh, and I think in the NBL, I develop the style um, away. So uh, example, Sam McKinnon back then, or you're Frank Grimmick. Um, you're a uh, Jason Smith. You want to play for, for the magic. You want to play for the culture of the magic because it, it was about development. It was about hard work. It was about improving. And, and, you know, I, I know all these things are, are, are touched, but it was a staple. Sorry, Brian, I don't mean to jump in there. Um, just messages. Yeah, sorry, cut out there for a second, but yeah, go, go yeah. on. So, so uh, you know, um, what I'm saying is, is, is um, you know, and I give an example of, of the, the guys that were attracted to me and I knew who to recruit. And I just given it, there's great players like a Mark Bradkey, like a Leonard yeah. Copeland, that it's, it, they're, they're looking for something different. Mm. You know, they're not, you know, um, they're at the end and they're it's still greatness it's still greatness it's it's just horses for courses so what i'm trying to say is you know um initially right away you know um developing a style of play and a brand that um is attractive and um recruiting accordingly and right. so um you know with all the change that you said you know there was change but i also um, with the Sydney Kings in that first year, we developed a style of play and um, the recruiting, because I, I went there first year, we win it, um, we developed a style of play. And then in that development, guys go to Europe, um, Americans go back to, you know, in, in advance and better themselves. Mm. But the we had a, a style of play and it was easy to recruit our style of player. Yeah. So, you know, bringing a Brad Sheridan in, um, you know, uh, bringing a Jason Smith in, um, you know, we, 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 you lose Maddie Nielsen, get Jason Smith. Um, we, we constantly, um, um, uh, de again, developed a style of play that was, 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 um, easy to recruit to. And, uh, I was always taught the winnings in the picking and move them before they move you. So that's another, you know, there, you know, you got to kind of as a coach sense, you know, this is starting to, to wane or they're moving to a, a stage in this where it no longer suits them, move them along, you right. know, before yeah. they get grumpy on your bench. Yeah. So I thought in the Sydney thing, the, 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 the magic was, a, was a slow build mm. and um, a style of play, defense, development, youth, and then we went across to Sydney and it was a little bit different, more um, explosive offensively, more open and free flowing. And uh, but again, with a with an element of, of, of youth to it, 
uh, um, and development and, you know, come to this and you'll reach your goals and you'll win. Mm. And Sydney was an easy market to recruit to. So um, the winnings in the picking, move them before they move you and uh, develop a strong style of play that um, is, is um, uh, something that, that, that visually you can see. Yeah, right. That's a really interesting answer. Um, and then, you know, moving into, you know, uh, boomers, you know, talking about the boomers. Uh, so in 2008, when you left, when you, you know, stopped coaching the national team at that point, you said that you felt confident that the boomers were in a really good place moving forward. And in a, in, you were comfortable uh, that they were ready to, you know, move on to that next person who would, who would take the coaching reins. Um, did you ever think at that point that you might return and coach, you know, the national team? Was that something that was you thought might have been on the horizon or were you, you know, not really considering it at that stage? Absolutely zero chance. You know, it, it uh, for, I mean, interesting that this, you know, and, and, and you, know, you sit here and you're in quarantine now and you take this all in, but you think back, you know, and I, I was always, one is um, the national coaching job. It's not something you aspire to. It's you do your job and, you know, you go about what you do. And um, it's like making an all-star team or something like that as a player. You're not, you know, it's, it's you do your job. And if, if they think you're worthy, fine. And yeah. um, when um, uh, Sydney and they, you know, they always talk about four-year cycles. When Sydney finished, and there's a lot of parallels here to what's going on right now, but when Sydney finished, a lot of guys played longer to play in the Sydney Olympics and what you had was virtually the team retiring at the same time. Mm. And so you, what was brought in, Phil Smythe was brought in. They didn't qualify. Then, you know, I, I came in, which in it, so virtually taking over after the Sydney Olympics. And what I walked into was a team with no culture, uh, no, no understanding of international basketball or the boomers. Mm. Uh, what is this? What's it going to be? And so, one of the first things that, or the hardest thing or main things, you know, okay, what are we going to get done in this short window leading into Greece? And it was, we were going to develop a, a culture mm-hmm. and a, a strong culture of, of the green and gold. And we brought in a guy named Ray McLean and we, we worked on it every night when we had our, our part of our, uh, let's say we have a camp at night at the end of the camp, we'd have dinner and Ray would, start working on empowerment, the leadership team, what the vision of, of what a boomer is. And that started in, and it's a long, hard process. And we made some ground in, in Athens and introduced Andrew Bogut. And then it led to, um, and when I said it was in a good place, we, it led to Beijing. And when we got to Beijing, we'd made some huge inroads into the culture We'd introduced some new young quality players in Patty Mills, obviously, who had a great Olympics. And then there was a guy like Joe Ingles that, that was a part of this team. And we won, you know, three games in a row towards the finish of the tournament. We beat Iran, we beat Russia, and we beat Lithuania, who was top in our pool. And we tied for second and had an unfortunate situation where on percentage we ended up playing in fourth and played Team USA that won the gold. And when I walked away from that, I thought, as I'm saying to you, the, the, the team, you get your two Olympics, the team was put in a better place moving forward. There was an introduction, introduction of some youth. We had started the, um, 
uh, culture was becoming stronger as a team. We were a better team and the team was young. So I walked away from that um, feeling like um, I'd made some real good inroads. I left the team in a much better place. And that's always something you're trying to do as a coach than when I left it. And uh, from there, you know, the Dragons finished up that finished for me and I went to China and I, I certainly, you know, I was there 12 years, 11 years. I certainly wasn't thinking boomers. I was yeah, thinking, yeah. you know, um, COVID, um, you know, and I, I honestly, to be truthful, you was thinking, you know, I've, I've, I've done the NBL. I've done a, you know, I have a good reputation there, good reputation in Australia. I was not thinking about, you know, going back into right. that. And right. then the opportunity was just really unique with um, Illawarra. Um, I knew the the guy buying it. Um, I'd been scratched by the NBL a few times. I'm thinking, no, I, I mean, why would I want to step back in into, you know, no. But this uh, team that was bottom, nothing, um, starting from scratch and, and, and building a program, kind of like I did when I started with the Spectres. I, I, I got energy for this. I like the Wollongong area and the community. It's got a basketball tradition. Yeah, I can do this. And uh, from that, within a month, you know, the getting hit up by, you know, it was kind of, I was kind of tapped on the shoulder and said, you know, there's an opening here with Brett moving away from this and you're the right guy for the job because, you know, bait, you know, those, those guys, I think it was important to them that there was somebody coming in that they knew. This is a real important build for a long period of time. And um, Patty and Joe um, knew me. You know, I coached them. Um, there was a respect there and a rapport there. So, um, again, yeah, I know this is long, but there is a history to all this stuff. And, and uh, this was a, a big decision for me. It wasn't something that... Uh, I was thinking about, and to be truthful with you, it, it wasn't something I really wanted to go into. I was too worried about um, the prospects of here's a great team that's done so well. And the only um, proposition is meddling. Mm -hmm. And you're looking at this and going, man, just to, you know, I, I have so much respect for the international games, Serbia, Croatia, mm -hmm. France, Spain, Lithuania you know, uh, to go along with Slovenia and all, you know, to get to where um, the team was prior, I saw is a real challenge. Mm -hmm. So um, I was nervous about um, stepping in and delivering. And yeah. uh, Patty and Joe, um, the conversations with that leadership team, Andrew Bogut, um, uh, Mills, uh, Joe, Delhi. Um, and Aaron, which I, I did have discussions with, um, uh, made made me think, you know, right time, um, I'm in. And yeah. uh, again, it, uh, the answer is certainly not not thinking about that when I was in China and I was only here a short period of time walking into Illawarra and it wasn't on the on the on the map. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, you speak about, you know, your time in China, your 11 or 12 years there. Um, were there any key things that you kind of that you learned while in China or that you experienced during China um, that have become a, a part of your coaching philosophy, you know, that you've, you've been able to take and move forward? And then, you know, kind of on top of that, you know, coming back to Australia in the NBL, um, have you noticed 
the ways that the Aussie game has kind of changed or evolved, the way the league's evolved? And, you know, what, what does that mean for you as a coach, like coming back uh, to a new situation? Yeah, that, there, there's a lot in all of that. Mm. There's a lot in all of that. Yeah, and, then, you know, sure. I'm, the, I'm the longest I'm the longest serving um, foreign coach in the history of the CBA. Mm. And I also work, you know, four years, three years with the uh, Chinese national team. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I learned I learned a lot over there and, and a reinforcement of you know, something of what it, some things were reinforced. I don't believe in this. Um, this isn't in me, you know, okay. We're, you know, this is my style and I'm put in situations that I wouldn't do. And then some of those situations and things came to you and go, I really understand now why I don't do that. Okay. You know, I, I agree with my, and then others, um, you know, you walked in and go, man, this isn't, um, uh, isn't, uh, isn't a bad way to do things, hmm. you know? And, uh, you know, I, I learned, uh, more flow at practice, less of my voice. And I think if you ask this team that, you know, would, would, uh, that was definitely in China and it was due to a lot of obstacles came up and it, 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 um, influenced your coaching to make a correction or do something. You have to work through an interpreter and they don't speak your language. So if you're injecting, there's a long process. So you tried to organize practices and develop schemes where you didn't have to talk. And when you did talk, it was verbal keys, like, you know, passing lane, driving lane, or keep your elbow in instead of long-winded conversations I used to have. Mm. Um, Much more um, free-flowing offensively, much more open, uh, much more push of the ball, uh, uh, you know, spacing. Um, I was much more a system team, a much more grind team. Uh, everybody touches the ball, um, a lot of screening. Um, so offensively, um, it, it opened my eyes and uh, developed change in me. And I think you could see um, how the boomers played. I mean, even compared, and I'm not just, if you look at um, how Lamontis's teams were, and they were tremendous in the half-court offense, we were definitely not as sophisticated as that. We were definitely sim- more simplistic, more spread, um, more clarity. And, and uh, again, that, that was um, uh, something I learned in China. And yeah. I, you know, and it was really helpful in this because I only had five days of practice and I had six new players. So to put in Andre's system flow is pretty complicated mm-hmm. and something that we rolled out right away. So being able to go into my Chinese bag was a real, real positive. Yeah. And wow. then uh, uh, defensively um, flying around a lot more. And I think you could see it in the in the boomers deal, doubling the ball on the on balls and rotating as opposed to dropping and keeping everybody at home and packing it, you know, um, which was again, more of a staple mark of what the boomers used to do. So again, when you look at how we played and you look back to my teams before, and you look to the boomers team leading into this, there was a lot of change in that area. And uh, that area was um, um, two areas. And I'm giving you an example of where I was influenced in China. Yeah. And the last thing, you know, um, what 
um, I was known for long, hard practices and a lot of grind. And one of the things I also learned in China was, you know, one of the negatives, I thought they overtrained right. and um, they grinded people out. And what I, I got very good at um, in China on my teams was less was more. Mm. And I became very good at a, as a coach in the 75 minute practice. And I used to go a three hour or two and a half hour twice a day. And that really suited um, this team. Yeah, interesting. Um, you speak about, you know, you spoke about the, the offensive and defensive systems that you guys used in with the, with the boomers in Tokyo. Um, you know, pistol offense, a lot of five out, lots of movement, uh, which is made possible by, you know, had some really mobile bigs that can stretch the floor. That uh, means you've got Patty running off of screens and on balls, you know, it gives him scoring opportunity. As a coach, you know, do you have your system, you know, is it predetermined the kind of system that you're going to incorporate before the team's put together, a style of play and, and a, a brand that you want to play? Or do you kind of wait till the team is put together, um, look at all the pieces you have, and then kind of build the offense around the pieces that you've got? Um, build the offense around the pieces that you have. And obviously, if we just take this particular situation um, as the example, so it's different, you know, there's different situations, but walking into this as a national coach, having five days of practice and um, games and then the tournament, um, you have to have in mind, one, what your selection is going to be, you know, who, who are the main guys in this, yes. you know, you know, there's no tryouts with yeah. Joe, Patty, Della, you know, there's, that's not a tryout situation. Yeah. Here's the main guys. Mm -hmm. And how are we going to play in this time block and having uh, Maddie Nielsen and um, uh, Adam Caporn, especially, and I was David Patrick, we were zooming a lot and discussing a lot on um, the system that was going to be, put in with this short time block mm. and, and what our teams look like. And the complication being honest with you was, do we have Ben Simmons or don't mm. we have Ben That's Simmons? Yeah. Because yeah. if you, if you have Ben Simmons, um, you're playing a lot differently yeah. than if you don't have Ben Simmons. So um, both, you know, we, we cut a lot of stuff up from Philly and uh, had options within this in this um, style of play, we felt the just what you were saying, the drags, the step ups, the horns suited him. But obviously he can play in the block. He can carry the ball up and back people down and post up and just trying to look at what Philly does and have we had a little package in what that was doing for Ben. And um, we definitely had a style of play. Um, in place. And um, within that style, um, we had room to make because it was what we the, the word we kept using was clarity and simplistic. Do not get bogged down with your whole practice sessions five on oh, running through sets and running through plays. No time. Get away from it. Um, keep it simple. Keep it, you know, um, simplistic. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, that was all uh, orchestrated before we got the team in. But there was discussions with the leadership team on this in Zooming. You know, here's what we're looking at. Here's what we're thinking about. Give us some feet. The not only culturally rise, but um, 
team wise, offensively and defensively, um, much stronger if there's empowerment and the players are involved in this. And they were. And there was a stamp of approval on 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 how we were going with this um, offensively. And then definitely the same thing, you know, just as you're saying on the offense, there was the same um, um, energy towards the defense. You know, it was completely changed with Andrew Bogut. You know, it was more two on two drop and they did a great job of it. They were very good at it. And now Andrew isn't there. And there was a lot of aspects to the offense, the post speed and their movement off the post. The step ups were were very much Andrew elbow catches. He's not there. Mm. So there was some differences. You know, hey, he's not there. Um, change. So on the on balls, we went with double in rotation. We knew we had length and Matisse, who's special. We had Dante Exum coming into it. Nick Kay and Jocker are uh, versatile. And that was different than most of the teams we played. And um, that we were on that page from the very start to the very finish. And our second option to everything, if we didn't want to fly around with switching, and you saw that in the last game against Slovenia, where we started switching Nick Kay and Jock onto Luca, And so we didn't have to rotate around and made him shoot over the top. Um, Offensively, our structures, what you saw, again, where we made adjustments in what we were doing was um, at the very start, we were very on-ball orientated, very early in the shot clock, and we played Team USA and they switched everything. Mm. So off the first screen, they would switch, green would be on patty, we'd spread and we'd play one-on-one. And uh, we were 13 down in the first half, And we talked about, you know, in those options, we can also, we call them gets or splits. We can throw the ball instead of using the screen and split off it or go get the ball back. And now you're getting a cut and you're getting ball movement. And that became a feature of um, the change in the structure that we had, um, not going on ball right away as much as we were doing and getting ball movement and cutting and then coming back to the on ball late in the clock. So within our system, um, we made change starting from the USA game in Vegas and got better and better and better and better at it. Mm. And if you look at the results, I think um, statistically, analytically, that um, points per possession offensively were the best team at the games. Yeah. And defensively, um, the the same on the flip side we were the best so offensively and defensively um so so again um the processes in the in those style of play were successful yeah that's really interesting and I, you, you touched on that was my next question was going to be about how it would look different with um with ben simmons being involved but you i think you covered that in a really interesting way um the bronze medal game, which you, which you touched on against Slovenia, uh, you know, instantly can be re- considered, you know, one of the most, if not the most iconic in, in the history of the Boomers. Uh, it also came against a terrific individual talent in, in Luka Doncic. Um, you know, we saw, you know, throughout the tournament, some teams would try to run junk defences, you know, box and ones, things like that against Luka to try to slow him down. Um, you know, you briefly spoke about this, but when you're playing against a very gifted individual talent, uh, do you believe it's more important to kind of trust to 
trust and stick to the team defense that's gotten you to that point and that's gotten you success or to kind of make it like make a lot of adjustments on the fly to try and tailor it towards slowing him down? Well, I, I hope, and it, that's a really good question. And I always say plan A and plan B and plan A with us in the style. And again, it was, which was, we were very fortunate with is that our, our defense was built on uh, a Luke Daka is he's going with an on ball and we're, we're now at yellow is showing and, and getting out there and making him draw that ball back. And, and, and then he'd get rid of it and they try to play four on three. And now, now we're in rotation. Red is doubling him and making him get rid of it. Lee not leaving till he gets rid of it mm-hmm. and then denying him the ball back. Now we worked on that every day. Right. So, yeah. you know, that aspect of it, side pick and roll, middle pick and roll horns. So we don't have to do anything different when we play Luca. Okay. That's we're in reds okay. and um, yeah. we work on that every day. Yeah. And a lot of teams that were in drops or playing the on ball, like they had prior. Now you're making a huge adjustment to do that. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you've never done it before. Yeah. We play it like this. Now we're going to have to do this. Mm. So the Lucas situation um, suited us. Mm. And then um, our, our plan B on a good player on all these systems is what do you do when you don't fly around and it's hurting you and you're late on rotations or the team's tired. We had switching. Mm. Now um, that covered 90%. And so my answer to you, the one situation where we really did struggle is how they use uh, uh, Durant and Durant. I'm not, was, you know, it wasn't an on ball. They, they get him somewhere and open him up and they'd hit him and the court was spread and he'd play one-on-one hmm. and um, <clears throat> now doubling, racing a guy and running a guy over there and rotating is something we had not worked on right. and something we didn't go to. And if I had it to do again, it was something that I, w- mm-hmm. I would have done. Yeah. So um, my, my answer to you is if you have to do something that you haven't done um, or you don't touch each day, um, then I, I think, you know, I, I, for me, I, I feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So uh, a sideline out of bounds play with a second left and you're drawing on the board, um, I feel uncomfortable. Right. If, if it's been done every day at practice and you say, hey, we're running C, you know, and they all look at you, boom, and they're out there, yeah. I yeah. feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. And, and uh, you're always on our defensive schemes. You're preparing for the best. So um it was a big part of, of what we did knowing going into the tournament. If we play some of these great teams that are great on the on ball, we have something for them. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, so yeah, six time NBL champ, six time, you know, coach of the year in the NBL. Um, you've had success internationally in China and everything for you, you know, where does this bronze medal place amongst the highlights of your career? Um. You know, it, 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 you know, I'm saying this slowly, but not no thought process at all. Right. Um, by by far, by far, 
and again, there's been some tremendous moments and great times, but nothing like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, uh, know how I felt prior. And I, 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 I told you about, um, the, the real strong thought process of taking the position and, um, my concerns and the whole time the Wollongong, the Illawarra situation was going on and we were playing, it was like a, a thing over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. This is coming. This is coming. And it's going to be, and, and, you know, nerves, good nerves, but, you know, um, knowing um, what's expected and um, the importance of this. Mm-hmm. And um, getting to Irvine and, and stepping on the floor and um, getting in the mix, where, you know, it, it hit you right away. This is powerful. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew, the team knew, the whole country was watching. And now, as I say, the, the euphoria that you're feeling right now, the alternative of that, um, of losing that game or not getting there, would have been horrific. And um, I'm just so pleased, obviously, that it, it went the way it did. And uh, what and I know um, what an effect this had. And I did the whole time, as the team did, of how important but also, you know, it's important for basketball. It's, in, you know, the, the, the fight that Australia's had coming in the 70s as being a third-tier sport. Cricket, Aussie rules, rugby league, rugby union. It's a sporting nation in basketball, you know, going back to Lindsey Gays and Ken Watson and, you know, Brian Curl and Barry Ball, you know, the fight those guys had to make basketball uh, respected in our country. And to move it, and it's moving in a in a, in a direction. And now um, the timing of this, and all eyes on this, and then the culture that Patty Mills, Joe, Aaron, you know, Bogut had built um, in, and I thought they did such a tremendous job of of um, bringing in the past, you know, bringing in the past, making you know the culture night was incredible. Everyone's aware of that. I won't go through that again, but they, the, the focus on um, the past was enormous. Hmm. Gold vibes only, gold standards only. That's the present right now, the responsibility of the team and what's required right now. Hmm. And then the touching, so it's not like what happened after Sydney of Josh Green, Matisse Teibel, Josh Giddy, uh, Duop Reith, those guys are being touched by this culture. And so when they come into Irvine and it's their team, they, it, 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 it translates to the, as opposed to walking in and they've never touched Patty, Joe, Aaron, Bogut, you know, it's a huge, huge, huge difference. Yeah. So, um, uh, I know, um, all of Australia and we knew, and we discussed it after we lost to, uh, Team USA. It was a driving point of mm. the whole country is going to be watching this next game. Yep. There's 15 people in this room that understand and know the culture and how special it is. What good it? We're in entertainment. What mm. good is it if it's only in this room? And yep. You'll never have this opportunity again where you have the whole country watching you play. Mm. And let's. You don't have to do anything different than who we are. Just do it at a level you've never done it before. 
just go take that energy to another level. And, uh, you know, uh, from the time the ball went up, you felt it. The guys had a tremendous will, the bench, the stat, every, and, and soon as that thing was over, um, yeah, it was just a feeling like uh, the feeling I had before was intense and stronger than I've had in the feeling afterwards. So I know I'm, I'm speaking a lot on it, but it, uh-huh. I was definitely yeah. aware of it. And it, yeah. it uh, isn't uh, anything close to that feeling that I've had in, in yeah. the game. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, you know, going forward for you, you know, Illawarra, you've got the Hawks. Everyone's really excited. I think NBL fans are really keen to see um, you guys, you know, made some great strides in this past season. Um, you know, what can we expect going forward with the Hawks and, you know, what else is on the horizon for you going forward for Brian Gordon? Well, it's, it's uh, um, you know, at this stage, it's told the, the NBL. And so, you know, being in China for 12 years and coming back, the, the, the only restrictions last year were the issues dealing with COVID. Yeah. And I kept saying to myself, if this had happened 12 years ago, the league would have had to fold up. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, they did a tremendous job with it yeah. and the competition was, and they talk about it, you know, if you listen to, uh, Fran Ficello and, uh, um, uh, Van Gundy's podcast about the, you know, everybody's aware of what's going on in the NBL and the strength of the basketball and walking yeah. into it, it was a tremendous situation for me to be involved in that leading into the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot in the basketball, in the NBL is really, really tough. And it's a, a well-coached league, mm. well-run league, good basketball, and, and the coaches in it are tremendous. So um, um, I'm excited about that um, and excited about next year. And as far as the Hawks go, you know, I think they've had better seasons than we had last year. But the problem with the Hawks is they've, they've never been able to retain, never yeah. been able to to you know, okay, now next year, next year, they have a great player. The player goes to Melbourne or the player goes to Sydney or he goes to Europe. You know, um, you have a good Australian player. They go to Perth. Mm. Well, you know, all our young kids, we got back, we signed the, you know, first team, all league signed a three-year contract with us. And then we signed um, Duop Reith, who's a national player. And there's not many national players um, from the NBL. So that thing of, you know, trying to build a Perth, trying to build a Melbourne, a New Zealand, that type of situation. Yeah. So excited about that. And then um, <clears throat> the national thing and, and everything, it's, it's live in this moment, enjoy it. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll address that now. But I'm right now, I'm, every day I've, I'm sitting in these uh, bungalows and you get out, Maddie Nielsen's next to me, you know, Duop next to me, yeah, David right. Hillard, the the physio, and you get up in the morning, you look at each other, and it's still, you know, <laughs> yeah, how great was that? Yeah. You know? So really, well, yeah, really, 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 yeah, um, really pumped about it, and and just on that deal now. Yeah. No, absolutely. You guys deserve it. I think you deserve a bit of time to just really, really enjoy that because yeah, congratulations and everything. Um, I'm conscious of the time, you know, I won't, I won't keep you much longer, uh, but yeah, once again, you know, congrats. Um, yeah. Congrats on that. And, and with the, the NBL, I think everyone's really looking forward to seeing what happens with the Hawks and going forward. So we'll definitely be keeping a close eye on that. 
Um, yeah, so thanks for your answers. Um, I'll be sending through the final article when it's finished, if you, if you want to have a look at that. And um, it just I wanted to ask you as well, in regards to this video, um, and this is completely up to you as well, is this, would you be comfortable with this video also maybe being shared as an accompany to the article? Not a problem. Okay. Not a problem. Yeah. Perfect. Any, anything you like. No cool. worries all right. at all. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Um, you gave some really, really informative answers. You know, it was a pleasure to talk to you. Um, you know, I've been a fan of yours for a long time as well. So, you know, in terms of an influential coach in Australia. So thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. No problem, man. Wish you the best. and Make sure you say hi to Julian. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell him you sent Good you dude. Good yeah, dude. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. I'm glad right. he's coaching. Tell him yeah. I'm glad he's coaching. For sure. I will All do. Right. Thanks very much, Take Brian. Care. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. All right. Thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in to episode 16 of the Walsh's Playbook. I uh, hope you enjoyed that uh, that interview with Brian. He's always, you know, such an insightful and um, uh, insightful guy and such a great speaker. So it was, you know, it was such a privilege being able to talk to him. Um, if you haven't yet uh, checked out the pick and roll, you know, go give them a follow or a like and uh, check out the article as well, where I kind of go into break down a lot of what we just heard and, um, you know, frame that in the context of his career and moving forward. Thanks, guys.